Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Loss Podcast. Estamos en vivo. Let's take care of um, some business here. This episode of the Bleed Loss Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. With the NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both your desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. So head there today to get in the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Ben Online, where the game starts. Bienvenidos, sangrones. Estamos en vivo. Uh, Jose Ayala, bienvenido, my friend. Uh, before we start things, uh, joining us, oh, Cali Life, hello, uh, is La Princesa de Picolandia, Alicia Del Valle, Alonzo is here, and Cody Snavely, the insider, a.k.a. Canelo is here, and Babyface is in the background, Roy Estrada, mi familia, good evening to you. Um, let's just take care of some business real quick, guys. Uh, the voting for best podcast, best baseball cost podcast yes the bleed loss podcast is nominated the voting ends on january 28th and babyface feels that the other podcasts are scared because now they're starting to promote so if you guys haven't voted yet please go ahead and vote if you have thank you very much go ahead and annoy everyone else by telling them to go ahead and vote for us because i am telling you it is going to piss off the entire world if we win i've said this before if they announce the bleed Lows podcast as the winner everyone is going to be like who the fuck are those guys and that's that's what we need um another piece of business i want to take care of is one of our loyal listeners efren he called me out on the last live and he's right I kept referring to Las Botas de Poder, uh, Randy Rice Arena, as Arosareña, and there is no Enye in his name. He spells it with an N. So, Efren, I want to thank you. You did it with love and respect, and I appreciate that about you. So I stand corrected on this. Uh, it is Randy Arosarena. Arena. Okay. So I, I know it was killing Efren every time I was saying Arosareña. Uh, let's go in here. Uh, let's say hi to some people on here on coming in on the live. Uh, so, uh, Christopher Delgadillo saying hi to Alicia from Calvin. Does that mean something to you, Princesa? Can you repeat that? I didn't see that one. Uh, <laughs> from Calvin. And then he put a little dog emoji. Calvin. No, all right. Then. Oh yes, Calvin the Golden Retriever. Hi, Calvin. Well, all right. Okay. So, <laughs> not only not only does Alicia have friends, but she's friends with the animals, with the jungle friends. So I like I like how she she personalized it for Calvin. Wolf. 
Like there you go, Wolf. Uh, Dennis Gonzalez, hola, Azul. Daniel, greetings, everyone, from the Inland Empire. Happy New Year. Uh, thank you, Christopher, for calling us the best baseball podcast. Sports Empire! He's voting as we speak, everybody, because Sports Empire, he's the common man. That's right. He's the son of a plumber. Hey, Sports Empire, I know you're on the East Coast. Be careful with those tunnels out there. Carlos Sanchez, yo, what's up, Carnesada? The VP is in the house. That's right. He's the VP, but he's also el presidente de la comunidad de los guapos. Carlos, ¿cómo estás, amigo? Uh, Dave Luna, that's interesting. Can you vote every day? I hear people say yes. If you use a different email address, Babyface, do you want to come in and clarify that? I know you can do it twice for sure. You could probably do it on your phone and on your desktop. Um, I haven't tried any other way, but I know twice for sure. Uh, Roy Estrada, I walked outside and thought it was raining, but realized it was the Dodger haters crying tears. We're going to get to that, Roy. We're going to get to that. Daniel, he voted also for the best Bleed Lows podcast. Val Reyes, how's it going, familia? Dave Luna, so Rice End, I'm saying Rice Arena. I'm used to Rice Arena. That's right, Dave. I mean, look, Efren knows his stuff. I stand corrected. It, it is Arroz Arena. It just like the sand, like the sand. Uh, let's say, uh, and bienvenido to Adrian Rodriguez. Saludos, sangrones. That's right. I love that the sangrones thing is 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 uh, taking on. So uh, let's start off with this. Um, the Dodgers made a signing, and I, I know some of you guys on the live were really concerned about these uh, the strikeouts on this guy, but um, Alonso, the signing of Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's a great move. I mean, you're padding an already baller line uh, lineup, excuse me, uh, and you're getting a guy that hit, you know hits. I think last year he hit two fifty eight, two fifty seven, something in that range. Um, you know, had I think like ninety three or ninety four RBIs. Like, who wouldn't want that in their lineup? But also, he's a lefty killer, and so adding a guy like that to your lineup, to your already dynamic lineup of Shohei Otani, Will Smith, Max Muncy, Mookie Betts, Freddie. Like, why would you not want to add that, especially if you're going for it? So I thought it was a great move. I was just surprised. I said it in our group text that it wasn't a multi-year deal. I was actually really surprised by that. Um, I mean, all things considered, I'm also surprised they deferred more money. I don't know why they deferred that, but good for him. He's in a game paid like a million dollars for like eight years. Good for you, man. Uh, let's go to the numbers guy. Canelo, give us all the figures and explain to me why was it only a one-year deal? Yeah, I mean, I was just as shocked as Alonzo said, you know, a one-year deal. You know, we've heard, you know, things. Uh, the two main players um, were the Red Sox and the Angels, apparently. Um, I know the Red Sox were heavily interested um, just because I listened to Robbie Hyde, who is a huge Red Sox fan. He's a big baseball YouTuber. Um, and he was preaching for this guy. And they at least offered at least a two-year, three-year deal, um, but for not a lot of money. Um, he took the one-year uh, kind of, I guess you could say, a prove-it deal with the Dodgers, uh, the super team Dodgers, where where any other team he would be slotted in like the top of the order, like anywhere from like one to four, where now, even on a regular day basis, this guy's batting maybe in the sixth hole, seventh hole, um, and then against lefties, he could probably bat in that fifth spot, um, which is what the Dodgers primarily want him for, but you know, one year, $23 and a half million dollar deal. They're deferring eight and a half million for the next eight years. And like, 
I think the payments and the deferred payments are actually under a million. It's like 850,000, something like that. Um, but yeah, this guy's a lefty masher. Um, in terms of his career stats against left-handed hitters, you know, he's got an OPS over 800 and OPS plus at 119. Um, and he is a guy that you pencil in in that seven hole, the hitters around him, he is going to have a career year and the Dodgers are banking on. It. And the thing that I thought was most interesting about it is that the Mariners had the opportunity to offer him the qualifying offer this year, which was set at 20 and a half million. They decided to decline that and not offer it to him. So say he has a huge year for the Dodgers this year and then goes out and gets a multi-year offer from another club. The Dodgers probably will offer him the qualifying offer where it's probably going to be set a little bit over 20 million and they'll get a draft pick out of it. So um, it's kind of a win-win scenario here. I wrote an article about it right after it was uh, uh, he signed saying, you know, even if he isn't his 2023 self, you know, the Dodgers only have a one year commitment. So getting him for one year, especially at his age and where the roster is right now. I mean, I don't think you can hate this signing, even with the strikeouts that we mentioned, we are a little bit concerned about. Uh, Princesa, I, I want to go to you just also because there's a comment here by Ramos. What's up to the cutie on the right there? No, not you, Juan, the princess of Picolandia. <laughs> and it's like, look, I, I'll let her have it just because you 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 mentioned Picolandia, but we're in the running there. But Princesa, I, I want to ask you this. So this guy comes to the Dodgers on a one-year deal. And we've always on this show have always said, get your money, get paid because you don't know. You could get hurt. You could have a career-ending injury. But what does this say, Princesa, when this guy is willing, I'll play for one year in L.A.? Is, it, is, it the, is this the beginning of everybody wanting to play for the Dodgers? Absolutely. I'm not sure it's the beginning. I feel like it's kind of been trending that way, but for sure, right now, it is happening. I believe 100% that Los Angeles is the destination. What more do the Dodgers have to do to prove that they want to win? I mean, regular season, we dominate anyway on this West Coast. I just don't understand why people still hate us so much. Well, that's not true. I understand. But, I mean, <laughs> yes, to answer your question, this absolutely shows. And, you know, Dodgers are really good. The Dodgers are really good at fixing pitchers at you know, they're like the pitching whisperer. In most cases, please don't come at me with your Thor comments. But I'm just <laughs> saying this is a really good sign that the Dodgers are the place to be, the team to be with, that they have committed to winning. And even if we don't, I don't even want to put it out there, knock on wood, when we win the World Series, it will all have been worth it. But let's just say something goes, you know, cray-cray and the Dodgers don't get there this year nor next year it's still going to be an amazing regular season. The Dodgers have proven that with all of the injuries, with all the drama of last season. So yes, this is where players want to play and sign for one year. Yes. I want one, to one real quick. Yes, sir. If you want to vote, going back to the voting, I just tweeted out Dodgers beat and bleed Los podcast. So if you're following those accounts, you'll see the link to go vote. So you can do it now. Yes. You have until January 28th guys. Um, Alonzo, I want to go to you. Uh, Jose Ayala is bringing up the deferred money is so he can avoid the the Cali taxes. <laughs> uh, now you you brought this to my attention. I believe this was it a state senator in California. Uh, Cohen was bringing in the going after the Dodgers for all these deferrals. I, I want to hear your take on this because I thought it was pretty funny. 
Uh, the Secretary of State of California, I believe, is who. Let me let me find her name. Uh, I thought it was funny because at the end of the day, it's like, bro, who who cares? Like if, if they're gonna pay the taxes one way or the other, we have other tax evasion issues to fix. Let's fix those first yeah. before we fix these. But I mean, listen, man. I just at the end of the day, everyone's team can do this, whether. I mean, in, in basketball, it's a little different, and in football, it's a little different. But in baseball, everyone's baseball team could absolutely do this. And here's the thing with, with – with, go ahead, Alicia. Well, I wanted to just comment on – when we spoke on the group text about what the Secretary of State is attempting to do, I am guilty of blaming a man. I am guilty of <laughs> – Were you man-hating? Is that I, what was happening, Princess? Straight out said, men are such babies without even reading yeah. the the context of I am guilty that I did not know our secretary of state was a female. I'm sorry. I'm not caught up on my civics because politics have grossed me out for the past, I don't know, eight years. So and let me, and let me correct the, the, the civics lesson as well. It wasn't the secretary of state. It was the state controller, Malia M. Cohen, uh, who wants uh, uh, Congress to uh, to get involved with that. And it's like, come on, man. There's... They got involved with steroids, and what did that do? Like bonds still hit, you know, six, whatever, whatever bombs. Like, have you seen the Balco thing on Netflix? It didn't do shit. So I mean, it's so so it's one of those where it's whatever. But I mean, again, I go back to the point, and I know what you're leading towards. Um, as far as this goes, everyone's team could absolutely do this in baseball. If Cody Snavely's Philadelphia Phillies wanted to defer whoever's contract that they're going to sign. They could absolutely defer whatever amount. We just have to remember that CBT threshold number is always going to be impacted with the player, right? So like Oscar Hernandez is only going to be paid, if I'm not mistaken, Cody, $15 million this year, correct? Uh, I think so, yeah, with the CBT. Well, with the payroll, he's paid that um, that number. That number, yeah. And then the threshold number is like $23 million or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's like the actual contract that he signed. Yeah. Because so it's an average annual value of – the contract in the years. So yeah. since it's only a one year deal, they get the hit just this season. Um, and I even, I kind of like was trying to explain to other people where I mean, I think MLB Fox had a post about the deferred payments where they were saying, Oh, from like 2030 or to like 20, like 49 or whatever, the Dodgers owe like $800 million in deferred payments. And somebody, people were asking, well, does this hit their CBT? And I was like, no, it doesn't. Like it, it's kind of just like a bill that the Dodgers eventually have to pay. Yeah. Um, but it's not on their active payroll. It's not on their CBT payroll. So it's really not that big of an issue for them in terms of in 2040, in 2035, when they're trying to sign somebody else, they, they won't have to worry about it. Well, and also what, just so we're clear as well, I mean, obviously it's not my money, first of all. Second of all, uh, <laughs> Guggenheim Sports, we have to remember Guggenheim Sports Partners, they're bankers. So they know how to divest, reinvest, you know, annuitize whatever they're going to do to to make that money. They have a plan. I don't obviously we don't, we are not privy to what that plan is, but there's a plan. These dudes aren't dumb. Even though Alicia was hating on all of us for being dudes, these huh. dudes have a plan. And no, so I, fucking uh, men suck, man. Yeah, that's dude, not what I said. <laughs> My favorite part about that though is I the reason I did I was going to say like, hey, it's a woman, but I was like, you know what? Let's let this run. Let's just see how long. <laughs> let's see how long this goes. Um, and here we are, I think two days I later. Still didn't read it, and I should have, and I'm sorry. But what I said was 
men are crybabies because I knew that somebody out there was upset that the Dodgers are getting away with this. When I don't believe the Dodgers are the first to do it. And like you all said, any other team can and will be doing this just because the Dodgers are doing it so successfully. I think, but, but it's, it's, I get it. Let, let me, let me ask you this. When you say other teams are going to do it, I think that's the problem. And yeah. I see a couple of people on social media saying it, but it's not, an, it's, I don't think it's getting enough attention is I thought the same thing. I thought, okay, well the Dodgers now are setting a template. So now all these other teams in major league baseball are going to copy that template and they're going to do it. No other teams are spending. You, you know, you know what's some real quick one? Yeah. They're setting the template too, but also I believe it, it has to do with a lot with the player like Shohei and yeah. Hernandez, right? Like he's looking out for his future and they want to win and they know, you know what? This is a smart decision by me to put money aside. Not all players are going to think like that and they're going to want their money now. Yeah. yeah no, no saying, they're going to want it now. And to be frank, Shohei can't afford that though. My man's probably going to make like $75 million off the field. <laughs> So it's not like he's hurting for money. Let's just he's got that cat money. food money. So. Yeah, yeah, he's so he's chilling. He's got that new balance, the you money. know, the, the the dad ones. Like he's got that money, so he's chilling. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Roger's right. Um, Trevor Pluth is like a guy on John Boy Media where he's a former player and he kind of talked about it where the dot people could try to copy the Dodgers model of deferred payments, but it's hand in hand with the player. Like the player can just say, I don't want to defer my money, so I'm gonna go with the guaranteed money over on this team. So um, not everyone's going to take the dramatic deferrals that Otani's taking, um, but it's not uncommon. And I would say the team that actually made it extremely popular uh, was the Washington Nationals because it seemed like most of their contracts from around 2010 to even now, even that Strasburg contract, Max Scherzer's still getting paid by the Nationals because of yeah. the deferrals in his contract. And he was the one that made it pretty famous when he signed um, over there. So it's not an uncommon thing. Um, and I, I replied to people on social media where even in the next CB or in the CBA, when this comes up, there's really no solution to it because it has to be mutually agreed by both parties. Otani's doing this because he wants to win. Other players are doing this because they're saying, well, I'm still getting paid now. And I'm also going to get paid in the next couple of years regardless anyway. So I might as well just take it at whatever, like whatever the money I have now. Um, but it's not going to be like that with every player. You know, Moose, Moose, uh, real quick, Alonzo, Moose, I I think was speaking to what Canelo was just speaking at right now is no other player would defer the amount. We probably won't see this ever again. So Alonzo, my my question to you is this is, is this just Otani just really just turning the whole world upside down? Because I don't think anybody anticipated again. Look, we friend of the Canesada, Dylan, had always told us that Otani is a different cat. You don't know what this guy's going to do. Yeah. So when Otani comes at, I don't think anybody saw this coming. I think it's also the influence of CAA, the Entertainment Industry Agency. I feel like he's completely changed the game. Moose has a point. Are there going to be other players? But there are no other players, I think, that are at the same level as Otani is there any other player in baseball coming up in the future who could do what Otani did? And basically this is the impact we're seeing. So truthfully in entertainment, Alicia can attest to this. You're basically taught sports and entertainment. You're taught to go get your money now. Like you have a very small window to go make as much money as you possibly can go get it while you can. With that said in, in entertainment, this is where the CAA factor comes in. You get a good chunk of your money up front before you even do the thing. 
So that's where it's different in the two. I don't think – I think CAA basically knew Shohei is a different cat. That's why they signed him. They're letting him do whatever because they're also the way it works with agents. I'm going to do what the client wants. So Shohei, there's very few people that we can count them on our hand, like one hand, how many people in sports and entertainment can do what Shohei did. There's not a lot. Leo Messi, Shohei Otani, Cristiano Ronaldo, maybe a couple high-profile fighters, LeBron James. That's kind of it. That's kind of really where it ends, right? And so so the unprecedented instance is one thing. But the thing is, is Shohei, like we, Trevor Plouffe alluded to it too, Shohei is probably going to make 50 to $75 million off the field. So he's not hurting for money. He's already made bags of money anyway, but him deferring is simply because he wants to win now. He also proposed this to the team. So let's not forget that detail. That's a very important detail. The Dodgers didn't come in and say, hey, we'll sign you, but you're going to have to defer you know, a third of the deal. Um, so I, 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 and I, and I agree with, uh, I think it was Moose that said that I don't think we'll ever see that again in any sport, because that's a lot of money to leave on the table. Even with a LeBron, for example, he's got this lifetime deal, but they, they break it up over however long to pay him. Right. So it doesn't necessarily mean that, yeah, he's got a billion dollar deal, but he's not getting a billion dollars today. It's just going to amount to that over his life expectancy. So that's where it's, it's a little different with Shohei because he is, a unicorn. We've talked about this a ton. He's a unicorn. He's a different guy. He's a different breed. I mean, you've seen even on Twitter, the guys at Dodger Stadium already, and I mean, he's still probably there right now in the rain, but I mean, it's it's still January. You know what I mean? So, I mean, he's, he's, he's a different dude. He's not built the same when it comes to the sports side. And it just so, I don't even think necessarily he's a business guy per se. He's just someone that's really good at a sport like Leo Messi that just puts his head down and does the work. And then everything else is just a part of the deal. He understands what he needs to do. And again, we won't see that again. So so for all these people that are hating, just remember, your team, New York Yankee fan, I'm looking at you too. Your team could have done this with any of these dudes. Yamamoto, the Mets could have done this with Yamamoto. They could have done it with Shohei. The Padres could have done this same thing. And let's also not forget, all of those teams I just mentioned tried to outspend the Dodgers and they still couldn't win. So just because you go burn a bunch of money doesn't mean you're going to win. Canelo, speaking of uh, of haters, is it fair? Like, I I wonder if if Otani hears what everybody is saying, and it's just like he's never been in the playoffs. He hasn't won. What does it matter that he is like the unicorn and all that stuff? It's all about winning, right? We all do. Jordan always wins. It's all it's all about how many rings. Whenever you have an argument about who is the greatest player ever, and I'm just curious, do you think Otani is so aware of his legacy that this is a guy, dude, you're being compared to Babe Ruth. That's it. There's nobody else you're being compared to. So do you think Otani makes these decisions based on the fact that I go to the Dodgers, I do everything possible to make sure we win. And once I win a World Series, there's nothing you can say about me because I'm doing everything. Yeah, I mean... If he's human, you know, let's say he's not a robot. He probably does have those thoughts. If you go and ask him this question, he'll say no. He doesn't think about it. But, you know, everybody in the back of their head is probably thinking of some type of like that situation. You know, like I want to have a lasting legacy. He already like if he retired today, just based off of what he's done as a two way player, he would be in the Hall of Fame. Now he's going to try to get kind of build off more of that for his legacy. Next part of that is, all right, he's already got two MVPs. 
Maybe he wants to add a Cy Young in there eventually. He's definitely going to want to add a few more MVPs to his belt. But it's really, at the end of the day, how are players remembered? How do we remember these great players? It's it's based off their postseason success, and it's based off how many championships they brought. And it doesn't matter. It's not just baseball. It's pretty much every sport. That's the, way, that's the one way we remember a lot of these guys. Obviously, we'll remember about some guys that have never won anything. Guy that comes to my head in terms of the NFL, like Phillip Rivers. He was one of the better quarterbacks of our generation. Nobody talks about him because he really just didn't have that good of a postseason track record. But we still, if you're a diehard football fan, you know who we're talking about. Otani wants to be that probably face of baseball even after he retires. And if he can get more MVPs and a World Series championship or two, he's going to have a lasting effect for baseball for probably decades to come. He would be someone that like my grandkids would probably be talking about still, um, depending on how those ne- these next 10 years go. Um, but yeah, I definitely think everything he's done up to this point in his career, we've seen a lot of things saying, you know, he's kind of pictured his career. He's planned it out. He's mapped it out where he's always wanted to come to the Dodgers. He's always wanted to come try to get more championships at the end of the day. So, um, Obviously, all of us as Dodger fans, we hope that that is the case. Um, but he's definitely thinking about it because who wouldn't? But he says, I want to go to you uh, because I know Nana's watching a novella and I am Mr. Novella. But and I want to make this a novella. Are other players pissed because they think Otani's making them look bad because it seems like Otani cares more about winning than they do? I don't know. I Would you say pissed? I mean, I feel like maybe envy, maybe a little, uh, I mean, come on. What is a D-Chain? What does he say? They all drive nice cars, right? They're not having, you know, champagne problems, really. It's going to be fine. I feel if anything, we've talked about this before on this podcast. Otani is elevating the game. He is making, I mean, look how great the Dodgers are. Consistently winning pennants. World uh, trips to the World Series, one in 2020. But ultimately, this is going to hopefully push them to do better in the postseason. That's all we want, right? It's like World Series or nothing. Just get there. Um, and so, yeah, I think Otani is pushing baseball players to kind of maybe look in the mirror and and think, wow, maybe, maybe this is going to matter more. Winning, you know, being a team matters more than, you know, my golf score or my bowling score or anything like that. You know, that's not a, don't come at me with Mookie love. (laughs) You know what? And that's what I was thinking. This is why I wanted to make it a novella because you know, Mookie is out there just like he's going at the golden globes. He's at the golden globes, just sitting at the table. And you know, there were people on Twitter or on social media going, why is that motherfucker there? Why isn't he in the batting cage? You know, how dare he drink champagne with the elites? Alonzo, I, I turn to you, my friend. <laughs> I, I didn't realize you were you were that hateful. I mean, you're the biggest hater I know, but I didn't know that you hated the Golden I am Golden the Golden. Prince of God Darkness, goddammit. He was also at the Kings game sitting next to Will Farrell cheering on. Oh, who, who else was at the Kings game? You buried the lead there. Our friend, Walker Bueller. No, no, no. No, you're burying the lead. Who was at the Dodgers night at the Kings game? I just said Mookie and you and you—you you were there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you can. How much kombucha have you had tonight? How much kombucha have you had tonight? Sparkling water, no booch. 
Sparkling Shout out June blood. Shine. You can still sponsor the Bleed Lows podcast anytime. <laughs> I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say one thing, that I, and, I, and I'm going back to something that Dylan Hernandez talked to you about, Juan, several months ago. I don't think Shohei is actually necessarily concerned with the individual accolades. I think he just wants to win as many chips as possible. Mm-hmm. And the reason I think that, we go back to March of last year when he gave that speech before they played Team USA, when he's like, hey, let's admire them and leave that admiration up in this piece because we're going to go out there and kick their shit in. And but yeah, but if do? he wins the chips, Alonzo, doesn't that help his argument? Of, oh, 100%. Gonna, I, I, mean, yeah. I honestly think, and the reason I compare him to Leo Messi, Leo Messi is just really good at what he plays, right? He doesn't care about the individual things, you know, the golden boots, the ballon d'ors, all that stuff. <laughs> he just wants to win championships. And how often when you hear a guy like Messi talk, he talks about the team, like Alicia said. Mm-hmm. It's always about the club. It's always about the team. It's always about the locker room. It's always about the vibe. That's what I think Shohei is going to be focused on because he's focused on the project. He he wants to win championships. And I think he's going to do that whole bit where like, yeah, you know, there's going to be other teams that are going to be really good. Let's admire them, but let's leave that shit out there because we're trying to go out and kick the shit out. And ultimately, I think that's what he's going to do. And that's where the haters are just going to be like, well, oh shit, we fucked up by hating too much like Juan Ramirez. That's right. Let, let's go back to the comments real quick. Uh, Nando brought something up here. Okay, parceros, do you think Kershaw sees all these trades and signings and wonders where he fits in anymore? We've had this conversation a lot on this show with Kershaw. How does Kershaw react to seeing all that the, what the Dodgers are doing? Canelo, I want to go to you because I know you have these figures. Can you give us an update right now on the Dodgers payroll situation? Because... You have a theory of when the Dodgers, if they do sign Kershaw, when that would happen. How does it affect the payroll, Canelo? Well, yeah, uh, just to go off the theory with Kershaw, um, I expect them to probably, I think there is mutual interest between both clubs. I don't think he really wants to change teams at this point in his career. Um, That would be pretty surprising in my mind um, because he's already stated it's either the Rangers or it's either the Dodgers. Uh, I don't think the Rangers are really in a situation to sign a aging veteran who was out for three quarters of the year because they already have their own issues. Um, so I imagine a reunion with the Dodgers is probably going to be in the works, but they would probably add him as soon as the 60 day IL opens up, which I believe is in March. Um, once that opens up, they can sign him, won't have to clear a 40 man roster spot and can at least have him on the team where he can rehab with the doctors, the training staff, all that, the stuff that he would want to do. So I imagine that's in the cards, but that's not going to happen until March, getting closer to opening day, which we've already talked about on the show. He could kind of sign whenever he wants. If he wants to sign in the middle of in July and he feels fine with that, he can do that. Um, but in terms of the Dodgers payroll, so they their CBT payroll, which is the thing that you know teams look at, this is how – you know, this is how we make things fair in the league. They have the second highest CBT payroll in the baseball right now, just behind the Mets in terms of estimated payroll. So, and that um, includes the Tiosco, uh, signing. Yes. So that's all mm-hmm. updated on there. Um, so according, uh, it's an estimated 299 and, uh, 800, $299.8 million is what their estimated CBT payroll is. Um, I imagine that they are going to go over that 300 number because if they sign at least one other free agent at like a league value number, you know, like say you bring Kershaw in, if he even gets anywhere from 15 to 20 million for one or two years, well, that's going to put you over it uh, right there. So, um, and they've been rumored all over the place for a 
Kershaw reunion. They're still looking at bullpen help, whether it's a trade or if the big fish and Josh Hader, you know, this is stuff that's going to keep adding on to the payroll. Um, so I really don't think money's an issue for them this year. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see where they're at, but um, I just think it's really funny that they still aren't the number one team in payroll. Um, <laughs> it is, it's the Mets still mm-hmm. who paid the highest CBT tax, I believe at like $15 million this year. Um, so they are, and then they're a team that's still paying. So they're going to get more of these penalties as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do in these next couple of weeks. Um, I don't think they're really going to add more on the position player market. Juan Toribio, a friend of the Carne Asada, he kind of hinted that at, as well in his latest Dodgers mailbag for MLB.com, where he said they're really looking at back into rotation and the bullpen, So, which is the stuff we probably heard, what, rumored for the past month now. Um, so I think that type of thing is inevitable at this point. Uh, it just depends on what name are we going to get. Uh, Alonso, I want to go to you with uh, Dennis Gonzalez's question. Do we expect Margot's playtime to decrease now that we have T. Oscar? Or will Manuel Margot get balance time with with Hayward? How does the T. Oscar Hernandez, because I, I didn't think this was going to happen. I thought he was going to be priced out. I didn't honestly think that the Dodgers would be that aggressive. And we've heard nothing about Margot. Other than it seems like Brandon Gomes said they are interested in playing him. So does this, now that they have T. Oscar, does it change anything with Margot? Or do you think he's going to be with the Dodgers? I mean, at the end of the day, you have to have depth, right? Like you can never have enough pitching. You also can't ever have enough depth on your bench. So they're going to find a way, excuse me, to incorporate him. Because also Jason Hayward is not Jason Hayward of of old, right? He's, you know, you, no pun intended. So you got to find a way to kind of balance that and, and get, you know, get Teoscar in with the lefties as well, because he's a lefty killer. I mean, that's one of the main reasons you're bringing that dude in. He's going to crush left-handed pitching, but no matter what, they're going to have to find a, it's a good problem to have. You're going to have to find a balance of that lineup. And I think, and we heard Dave Roberts say it a few weeks ago, there there's going to be different iterations of the lineup for, for kind of every, just everything. And and that's an incredibly great problem to have because as we've talked about on the show, there's a lot of embarrassment of riches. And so, so that's not a bad thing to have. I also wouldn't be surprised though. If, I mean, obviously they've, they've said out loud, they're interested in playing him. Would it surprise me if they, I mean, they're going to have to make moves off the 40 man at some point, right? If they sign hater, if they bring back Kershaw, other things are going to come about. Wouldn't it be surprised if they use them as a trade chip in some capacity to make something else be facilitated? But I mean, I also, to, to Cody's point, would not be surprised at this point with how long Josh Hader has held out if they sign Josh Hader, because they're going to go yeah. well beyond that. I don't think they're just going to look at that $300 million threshold and be like, ah, we don't fucking care because we're just yeah. going for it anyway. I actually going off of that. I forget who it was. I think it was Bob Nightingale who said, in an article that if Hader is still around like this, like come the end of the month and he is not getting that hundred million dollars that like he would bet money that he will sign with the Dodgers for like an $80 million contract. Yeah. I don't think he's going to get a hundred. I honestly, I think the Edwin Diaz thing was obviously the him tearing his ACL didn't help anything, but I don't think Hader's getting a hundred uh, to begin no, with. I don't, I don't think either. I think he'll get a Kenley deal, like an $85 million deal, $80 million deal. I, I think that's more realistic. But even then, I mean, that's still a lot for a closer, like a, a lot. Yeah. And so and when you already have $299.9 million committed to your payroll, I don't think an extra 20 is really going to like, oh, no, we're broke. 
Absolutely. Hey, just an option. We're, your question on how Dodgers Fest works, we're going to get into Dodgers Fest um, later on in the show. Um, right now, I, I just uh, I want to get back to the comments here. Hallelujah uh, uh, has a, an interesting question. I'm going to go to you on this one, Princesa. Which company from Japan would you guys like to see get involved with the Dodgers? Sony or Nintendo or others? <laughs> Princesa, how different is Dodger Stadium going to look next year in terms of advertising? I mean, I remember seeing Height, the Korean beer. Like, are we going to, like, is the signage going to change? Like, what are you expecting? Well, I mean, that advertising runs the world, right? Uh, even though it's even on streaming, you can't watch anything now without commercials. Um, <laughs> yeah. First of all, how dare you? Dodger Stadium does not have to change because we are cathedral of baseball. But if there's going to be more signage and more, uh, you know, Japanese influence, absolutely. You, We've all talked here on the Bleed Lows podcast about will the Dodgers add a Japanese um, language broadcasting team? And we yeah. totally expect to see that. Unless they've already announced it and I missed it. I mean... I have not heard an announcement of that. Right. So, yeah, we I do expect things to be different and better. I welcome it. I love that the Dodgers take on the role of a global team, you know. Now, if we could just get some more Mexican players, <laughs> that would be awesome. But I know I'm greedy, so I'm all for it. I, yes, uh, if you're asking me which, which company, I mean, gaming is also the present and the future. So, hello. Otani needs his own, you know, game. <laughs> Absolutely. His own. Uh, am I even saying that right? Am I like a boomer right now? <laughs> what is, he needs his own video game. <laughs> you know, uh, Damon McLean brings up a very interesting point. Kershaw knows he can defer too. will people completely lose their mind if Kershaw takes a, a deferral Canelo. I don't know why, because like we said, it still affects their CBT in a negative way. So even if he signs for thirty million and he defer, he says he signs a two-year deal, thirty million, and he defers twenty-eight million of it. Well, the CBT hits still around fifteen million, so they would it would still affect them negatively. Um, they, they will lose their minds because it'll be the you know the affirmed payment Dodgers. That's the meme I've been seeing floating around. Get get your product now, pay it later. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like people would lose their minds. They already are. I mean, if you look at anybody outside the Dodgers fandom window, um, besides the, the neutral fans who are actually okay with they're like, stop complaining about, it, but everybody else in there is complaining about it, about the deferrals, thinking that they shouldn't be a thing. Um, yeah. So that would definitely put it on the very top. I think what would put it more over the top than Kershaw is that they get like a closer, like hater, and then they defer like half that contract. Then you're going to see some teams really get mad. So, um, but it, it may come. You never know. There may be another signing with deferrals. That would be an incredible troll. He signs a two year, $30 million deal, defers $29 million. I'm all for it. Bring it. Yeah. Bring it. I, I'm at first, I was like, oh, we're sunshine. This is California. Everyone hates us anyway. But I am fully all for embracing our villainry. I'm, I'm, let's do it. Let's Again, it. this is the beginning of Alicia Lelia's villain arc. Yeah, her, her heel turn. Heel yeah. turn is coming. Uh, Dennis Gonzalez, I love that he made a Lost in Translation reference. One of the possible sponsors we're going to see at Dodger Stadium is Centauri Whiskey. 
Uh, hey. For those of you Lost in Translation fans, here's my Bill Murray uh, imitation. Oh, boy. For relaxing times, make it Centauri time. For those of you who know Lost in Translation, it, it's right on. I Jose like- Ayala with a super, super chat, man. The patron saint of the Bleed Lows podcast is Jose Ayala. We love him. He sent us a message. He listens to us while he's working. And this is a shout out to his bosses. You leave Jose alone. The man is a saint. He's a saint. Let him do whatever he needs to do. He's very productive at work. But anyway. And Jose, your package is in the mail. So. Oh, yes. And Jose won the uh, comment of the night. Uh, so his package is in the mail. Uh, Jose says Dodgers will run away with the division. I think we will address issues as they go along in the season, and they will make key trades before the trade deadline. Okay, Jose, that's probably the next thing that's on the topic here, and that is Canelo. What's next? What it what is the next? I know you said back of the end rotation and the in the bullpen. Is it gonna be a trade? Because look, guys, we still don't even know who they're moving to make room for T Oscar Hernandez because the 40 man is is full and for those of you who haven't listened to our interview with Rob Hill, he is the director of minor league pitching with, with the Dodgers. The guy is just telling us that they're studs. One of the things that didn't make it to the air, um, the Korean kid that the Dodgers signed, Rob Hill is very high on that kid. And to Canelo's tr- uh, credit, this is why he is the insider. Canelo said we're going to see him in about four years. Rob Hill told us that. He's like, it's going to be about four years unless this guy skyrockets through the system like other Dodger pitchers. So listen to that interview. He talks about the minor league system. He feels like there's a lot of studs. So if there's a lot of studs that we haven't even heard of, and this is a guy coming from who runs minor league pitching, then I say let's trade some of these guys. They're blocked. They're older. I mean, I think there was something that just came out on social media right now that the Dodgers are ranked, what, number two in the farm system, and that's not even counting their development. So, Canelo, you tell me, what's next, and how are they going to do it? Yeah, I mean, so in terms of Teoscar Hernandez, it's kind of the same boat with Yamamoto. Everybody is, like, speculating they maybe have a blockbuster trade in the works. We still see the... Uh, Emmanuel Classe and Shane Bieber rumors that's still going on. Um, another interesting one that I've seen thrown around. I don't think it's going to happen at least now. Um, the Brewers may be inclined to trade Devin Williams, um, which Whoa. if I'm going to go all in on a trade for a closer and a starting pitcher and to give up a lot of prospects in the process, I would hundred percent go all in on that. Um, I think that's something that would happen at the deadline. Not right now. Um, because we've said on here before, I think the Brewers are still going to compete for their division, and I still think they expect that as well. So they're going to take it month by month. Um, but they could pretty much stop right now, and then they would have a pretty, they would have a set team that's going to win almost a hundred, at least a hundred games. That's what their bottom line would be. That'd be if a lot of things went wrong, they would still manage to win probably a hundred games, just with the way this roster is constructed. Um, for her, for Hernandez, I imagine if they can't get a trade done, it'll probably be another DFA. Um, looking at the forty-man roster, the most logical guy is Gus Farland. Um, he's a little bit older, relief pitcher, um, and I mean he would just be the odd man out in terms of the other guys that are on the forty-man right now. Um, 
but I don't know what they're really going to do because it, I, there's two ways they can go. They can continue spending or they can get creative in trades or they can just stand pat and just say, we had a really good off season. Now we're going to go into spring training um, and then we'll work out what the 26 man roster is going to be. Um, but if I had to bet on it, I do think they are going to try to get a fifth starter. I think they do have faith in Emmett Sheehan being that starter, but I tweeted out today, you know, they should be planning to not have him in the rotation. They should be trying to get a proven arm, a veteran arm. Shane Bieber may not be the guy that won the Cy Young in 2020, but he would be probably the best fourth or fifth starter in baseball. I imagine the Dodgers see that as well. Um, They will get somebody, hopefully. Um, And then if they really want to address bullpen, that's more of a luxury. They don't have to. Um, but we saw how bad the Dodgers bullpen was in the first half last year. Maybe they're just trying to make sure that doesn't happen at all again, even though they were nails in the second half and especially the postseason. Um, but I think the most logical thing is they add, like like we said throughout the show, is is another starting pitcher and another um, bullpen piece. And I'm not going to count Clayton Kershaw potential signing in that add a starting pitcher because, like we said, the Dodgers probably know him better than anybody. They probably have their own game plan thinking that he may not pitch this year. So that's probably why they haven't made a move to get him. They're just hoping that the door stays open when the time comes, when they can sign him. Let's go back to the comments. Uh, Roy Estrada, can I defer my Dodgers tickets? Pay $3 and defer $97. Roy, I love that plan. Uh, you're in the lead, I think, for comment of the night so far. That is fantastic. Uh, Carlos Sanchez, el presidente de la comunidad de los guapos. Speaking of Mexican players, did you guys see Julio didn't get charged with a felony? All right. Here comes the point in the show where we're going to talk about Julio Urias. Okay. Alonzo, um, were you surprised that, that he wasn't charged? And here's the thing. Okay, it's getting referred over to the city now. It was the county that declined, and it seems from the reporting there is still a possibility that he will get charged with a misdemeanor. Now, obviously, a misdemeanor is different than a felony, but, guys, we still haven't heard what Major League Baseball is going to do about this, and he will now be the first two-time offender of this uh, policy. Alonzo, your your reaction, sir, to the Julio Diaz news? I was surprised. But also, we don't know all the details as far as, like, the discovery side. So we'll see. I mean, I, I will say this. I don't think he's going to play again. I Like, Trevor Bauer, like, I saw Trevor Bauer on this, like, press tour trying to, like, make amends. Mm-hmm. Even if Julio did that, I don't think I, – I don't think Trevor is going to get a major league deal either. But I don't think Julio – I mean, there's witnesses. Like, the, apparently there's a video uh, is what sources have said. So, I mean, I – I, in my mind, I don't see how anyone would take a waiver on him. But then again, this is the country of second opportunities or what have you. So who knows? Alicia, hey. I see your ways in your hands. So. She's going to go Rosa Salvaje right now. No, no, she, no, she's no. going to go Rosa Salvaje. Full, full Dark Princessa. Go ahead, yeah. Dark Princessa. No, no, no. I just, discovery in terms of that we've, we've seen the report. It was released yesterday. They, they, oh, I saw it. it I haven't seen it. Phil, oh. Phil, maybe people haven't seen it. Yeah, uh, please, princess. I, I, I La Princesa Oscura. <laughs> Here we go. We're at new segment. Princesa well, Oscura. I just want to make sure that I understand what, what you, know, you mean by discovery. Like from the report filed by the police, um, we know what he physically reportedly did to her. And so that, even if he doesn't get charged, 
how is Major League Baseball going to whatever team were to take him? Because he's never going to be a Dodger again. We know that. But right. the, how do they how do they put makeup on that? Do you know what I mean? Like you can't. So he, him not being charged is not even the issue for Major League Baseball. The issue it, is they took down the murals. It's the PR the murals. He doesn't exist. <laughs> I know. Um, it just makes, it makes me sad. This didn't have to happen, and no. you know, they're married, and they're still together. And so the, I mean, Juan said it best. The second time this has happened, I don't want to use the word offender. I, I got to be put politically correct here. Um, I just don't want the hate, but yeah, it, that's the discovery. You can find it. Uh, online and what he did to her, what witnesses wrote, what the police wrote is all available now. Well, and, and, well so as far as like those details, I did know those. So what I'm getting at though, is the DA's office just said, Hey, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to do charges. But it's the, like county. The, the county, it's, it's yeah. the county, not the, the city. So, so, so they're I deferring am, to the city. Yeah. So I am curious if maybe they deferred, they kicked it. They weren't confident they were going to get a, a, a conviction like yeah. there might be politics involved here in the sense that we don't want to look bad if we try to take this to trial and then he gets off. And, you know, yeah. and, and all this, and, and, I'll, and I'll be honest, I mean, what he what he is, I'm going to use the legalese, what he is alleged to have done is not justified in any way, shape or form here. Like we're not I'm not justified. I mean, even the Trevor Bauer thing, like the the allegations there are still brutal, right? I don't give a shit if he's on this press tour saying, hey, I didn't do it. I'm exonerated, blah, blah, blah. Hey, be that as it may, these are still the facts. But I, there's just no way the Dodgers, I mean, you you can't, I mean, what's the old saying? You can't put makeup on a pig. Like you can't, you can't hide what it is, right? It's, it is what it is. And that's why, I mean, there's just no way the Dodgers would want yeah. to touch that with the 10 foot pole. And I think the biggest thing that we all have to take away besides the legality and all that is that the, the judge, jury, and executioner isn't what the courts and the law decides. It's what MLB decides. 100%. And they don't they don't care if you're yeah. convicted or not convicted. Obviously, if you're convicted, all right, well, yeah, there you go. Obviously, yeah. we saw Trevor Bauer's situation and whatever side you're on, he was proven innocent in one of his cases. He still has, I think he said, one pending. But the MLB did not care. They gave him the longest suspension. Um, and then Julio Urias, you know, this is his second time, you know. Uh, there are numbers thrown around I put out yesterday. I wouldn't expect it. I would expect it to be 162 games at least that he is suspended. It's got to be at least what Bauer got, right? And, and if some not people, more. Some people uh, are saying that it could be maybe multi-year because they the MLB has to set a president. They yeah. have to set the standard saying you cannot do it once. Because even if you do it once, when Julio did it his first time, it was like it wasn't like 40 or almost 80 games or something like that. It was like no, a, it was only 20. It was kind of like the Ozuna situation, yeah. right, baby yeah. face? So, yeah, well, if you do it the second time, no one's ever done it. They don't want this around in the sport. Mm -hmm. um, and it is hard for a, an MLB team to sign him. Um, it's the same thing. The reason why, you know, do I think Bauer, Bauer should play? I think he should get a shot. But do I think a team's going to take him? No. I have no faith that he's going to play Major League Baseball ever again, especially not this year. Um, and that's just because why would you want your brand associated with that? You're going to lose money. This is a business about making money. Yes, it's about winning too, 
But I don't think some of these teams, especially these competitive teams like the Dodgers, they took a risk on Bauer when they signed him. They knew what he was off the field. And I feel like if you ask Freeman in a private room, hey, do you regret it? He would probably say yes. So um, it, and with Julio, it is unfortunate with everything that's going on with them. Um, obviously, like we said before, you hope he gets the help that he needs. But um, I have zero faith that he ever plays in, in baseball again. I, I agree with you, Canelo. And I also want to clarify that when I brought up he, you know, Julio is still with his wife. I'm not blaming either one. This is not, we're not the jury. However, I feel like it's difficult to prosecute somebody when the victim does not want to be part of prosecution. That's why I brought it up. Like it's against their case, the city or the DA or whatnot. That's all I meant. I'm not here to take sides. It's just sad all around because this is a young man, one of the greatest pitchers, you know, and, and he'll probably end up in Japan. So that's that. As, as Dennis Gonzalez says, he's ready for Darth Alicia. Bring it on. Ooh, I love Darth Vader. Uh, we got another <laughs> super chat. Ricky Vasquez. Ricky, thank you very much. Contributing to our, our Soul Korea fund. Uh, Ricky says, best offseason ever in Friedman we trust. Wow, man. How much? I mean, everybody was saying, everybody was planning this. Everyone was expecting this. But Alonzo, in reality, when we look back, Otani, Yamamoto, Glass now. T. Oscar Hernandez. Again, I brought this up on the show before. I made fun of Verducci when he was saying the dream scenario. And I was like, you're out of your mind. I mean, this has to be the best offseason ever, like Ricky is saying, right, Alonzo? I mean, I I mean, at the end of the day, what for me, what kind of categorizes best offseason ever is what happens at the end of that season. So, like we go back to what the Padres did a couple years ago. They went out and burned all that money went out and got, you know, all these guys, and what came of it? Nothing. So at the end of the day, what's going to say, hey, this is what the best offseason ever was, looking back on it, like Alicia said, oh, they won a championship year one. And and then from there, they went on to win. I mean, for me, you got to win a couple, you know, to kind of justify what you've paid Shohei to begin with. And so so for me, I mean, I listen, I, I all you can do is tip the cap to Friedman because my man – had a master plan and he put the robe on and went out and made some deals and holy shit, did he get some deals? And I mean, I, I don't think any, I think the show deal from most organizations would have been like, all right, cool. We're, we're back, you know, but then you go out and you get Yamamoto. Then you go out and you get the Oscar Hernandez. They're still not done. And and I forgot who it was. I, I want to credit who it was, but I can't remember who it was. Basically said, I, I bet my last, you know, little dollar that the Dodgers are still not done. And I believe that too. Because they're, they, I mean, at this point, they have the target, they have the pressure, and they know what the expectation is. But man, I, I could, I mean, you couldn't have written it any better. Even though you hate the Golden Globes, they would win a globe for what they've done this offseason. <laughs> you hate the Golden. Globes. He's a hater, Alicia. Uh, I hate her. I have a thinking of a master plan in my head now. Thanks to you, I've kicked in the soundtrack. Was it Eric B and Rakim? Now I'm going to see Friedman and think of Eric B and Rakim. Oh, look at <laughs> we're, we're getting a lot of different versions of La Princesa de Pigolandia. Yeah. Now she's a hip hop head. Yeah, she went. Now she's coming in here, like dropping the the bars. I, yeah, the bars. Um, <laughs> let's go back to the comments here. Um, 
I keep seeing this name mentioned. And look, guys, we talked about this on other shows. I'm all for this. I just don't know what the price tag, and I don't know how much the Dodgers are willing to give up. But Chris uh, uh, Frosaker here says, with my trade with Miami for Lusardo and Tanner Scott. Miami's looking for a shortstop package a deal with Rojas attached with prospects. Uh, look, I would love that. Um, Canelo, I want to, is this me just again being novella here? Is it going to be more, are teams around the league a little more resistant to deal with the Dodgers because of every, the off season that they had? Are teams just going to do this out of spite? Are they going to go full Larry David on the Dodgers because <laughs> they are just like, no, we're not going to give you Lusada, though, even if you give us the best package. Like, are the Dodgers going to have to deal with that? I think with certain teams, maybe. Um, and I think the Dodgers already know which teams those are and they aren't going to deal with. Um, a team like the Marlins, they got a whole new pretty much system in there. You know, um, Kim was unfortunately I, you could just say she was softly replaced um, even after the season that she ended up giving the Marlins. Um, but now they kind of got that raised connection. I forget the guy's name, but it's someone from that Andrew Freeman branch and that tree that is now running another baseball team um, in terms of what the Marlins need. And this is specifically about the Marlins. The Marlins need offense. They are severely lacking in the position player um, prospect pool. If you've been watching the Marlins, it's a little bit easy for me because I am on the East Coast, so I kind of do have a little bit of track record of what they got going on. But their pitching talent is just through the roof. I mean, we're already seeing it. Lazardo was a trade from the A's, but that was their guys that were scouting him to get him over there. we already seen uh, uh, Sandy Alcantara, um, a bunch of these other lefties that are in their rotation as well. They, they know how to develop and draft pitching. Um, they need offense. Um, you could probably arguably say that their best – offensive player or all-around position player is um jazz chisholm um and he's really not the he is flashy but he's not a superstar in terms of the numbers he puts out on the field um they do he, need he a petered out towards this end of the second half right yeah, yeah 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 so and he did transition pretty well to from shortstop to center field um which was surprising for me because just because he didn't never really grade it out as a good defensive shortstop either um, but they really do need an upgrade with the bats. And the Dodgers have a lot of position players that kind of just don't have a spot right now. I know a lot of people are still high on Miguel Vargas. He is a, somebody that is definitely an option to get traded. Michael Bush is someone that we've just thrown into every trade scenario because I think right now the way the roster is constructed, you cannot send this guy to AAA. Like you need <laughs> to get him for something. Um, it would pretty much be demoralizing for Bush to not get a shot for either the Dodgers or just another organization. Um, but yeah, they do. The Marlins and, and the Dodgers do match up extremely well. Um, obviously the name being thrown around right now is Tanner Scott. And I understand it. Basically he is Josh Hader, but light in the contract department only do around $5.6 million in arbitration this year. And then he's a free agent. So he's not going to cost much because he's a reliever that's on a one year deal. Um, but Lazardo will because he's under three years of team control, and that's going to cost a significant amount um, of prospect capital. But the Dodgers could get a deal done. It just depends on if they're motivated or not. Uh, Alonzo, so there's these scenarios. We've been hearing these trades all offseason. There's the Class A and the Bieber. 
there's the Dylan Cease. And now it looks like the Dylan Cease is getting walked back because it's a so it's such a White Sox thing to do. All my friends in Chicago, they're all from this outside. I feel bad for them because they're all Sox fans and they just want to kill Reinsdorf. Uh, you know, it's just like the thing in and look, Canelo convinced me that Cease is gonna get hurt probably in the beginning of the season, and they're not going to be able to trade him. So why the the Sox are not willing to, to make this deal? But of all these scenarios, if it's going to take a lot of, of players, a lot of youth to get Classe, wouldn't it make more sense to try to pursue this Marlins deal? Lusardo is younger. You're going to get a starter over there. And, and Tanner is, like what Canelo just laid out here, is, is a, a mini hater. I think, I don't think that the Dodgers obviously value prospects as fans do in the sense of, hey, we're just going to hold on to all these. Like prospect not, hugger, prospect yeah, hugger. Not, I think they, they, they try to leverage into whatever makes the most sense. Obviously, they develop them, do all that jazz. I, I just think, I, listen, I like Jesus Lusardo a lot. I, I think he would be a, a hell of an addition. Tanner Scott would just be the icing on the cake. I just think that to, to Cody's point, trying to get Jesus Lusardo is going to be an astronomical package. I think you'd have to, like, it'd be one of those, like you'd give up probably a Gavin Stone, even an Emma Sheehan, like as a part of that deal mixed you in. You'd have to give it. up like an offensive play. You'd have to give up like James Outman. You would yeah, have to, you have to give up someone, some, someone major league ready on top Just, of the prospect. Okay, major league ready. Got yeah. it. Wow. Um, and so, <laughs> but but again, it, it's one of those where, and, and Canelo said, you know, you're going to, Michael Bush would have to be a part of that deal, probably. Even, you know, friend of the Canelo, Diego Cartaya might have to be a part of some of that. But that's because he's 26 and he's got three years of club control. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a haul for a dude like that. And it's, a, I mean, I would do it personally, but does it really make sense for what you're trying to kind of accomplish? And there's a lot of waiting arms as well, right? We're, we're forgetting about the Tony Gonsolins. We're forgetting about the Walker Beelers. You know, there's, 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 you know, pieces there. Bobby Ice is obviously already ready. So, I, I mean, I just think for me, out of all those deals, I think the one that would be the easiest to finish would be Class A and the Beeves because they're not going to want what the Marlins want because you're going to have to – they'll probably – the Marlins, I could even see them asking for Gavin Lux. Like, that would make a lot of sense. Obviously, I don't think the Dodgers would do that. But whereas with the Guardians, I mean, they'll take a haul, but it won't be the haul that it would require to get to Uh, Princess, if Captain Soul Glow gets traded, you would go full Darth Darth Alicia, wouldn't you? Well, try me and find out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) I I get it. Listen to our discussions. I mean, I'm sitting here listening to you, gentlemen, and just going – what an abundance of talent. Like, it's like, I really am embracing the villainry. Like, like these are good problems to have. These, we have so much to trade. We have so much to work with. Trying to find room for all of the talent is a very good problem to have. It's just making me even more excited for the season. And I just had someone text me that they said a comment about FanFest and we didn't answer it. All right, so, let's let, let's go to FanFest. <laughs> let, let's, uh, you know, Darth Alicia. All right, so Babyface, I need your help here. Come in, come in on. Uh, so FanFest was announced 
Can you give the date and explain? Because I know some people want to know how to get tickets. How does FanFest work? And I'm just letting you guys know, we will be at FanFest. So if you see us, make sure you come up to us. Uh, let, let's let's take pictures. Let's do whatever. Let's let's have our own carnesada at Dodger Stadium and make everybody jealous. Babyface, can you give the if it, the Dodgers just announced it today, uh, FanFest, and explain how it works? So it's Saturday, February the third, and it's no longer called Dodgers Fan Fest. It's oh, been rebranded right. to Dodger Fest. Um, so they're saying they're going to have. They've always had the on-stage interviews, but now the way they're 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 wording it says, "Experience the excitement of the inaugural Dodger Fest stage show." So join us for ninety-minute stage presentation featuring interviews with Shohei, Tater, Glassnow, and familiar faces like Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Joe Joe Kelly, Dave Roberts. So there's not much other information than that, kind of just the date. Um, Usually more information will come out about a week to 10 days before, uh, like when tickets are available. And usually you go to their website, that that same site, the FanFest site, and then download your tickets. Uh, There's no mention of other stuff as far as, um, I know there's autographs, uh, no mention of that yet. Um, But yeah, it's coming up, so February the 3rd, so couple weeks and then right after that um it's the justin turner i know justin is no longer but right after that's the justin turner uh uh tournament or the golf tournament that usually like kicks off ready to go because right after that is spring training like the next week so it's it's here i mean we're like what two weeks away now baseball and baseball is here and the tickets are free for fan fest correct uh they have been yeah and I, i expect them to be free as well to to get in right just to to yeah. get in there, there's other there's other things that they offer like uh backstage tours or whatever that that all is paid um all the stuff that you do pay for though does go to the Dodgers Foundation so it all all goes to charity and so in regards to the stage show that's David Vassay singing and dancing <laughs> and and perhaps Captain Soulglow will because he has a musical theater background we found out last year he he might join him there so for those of you who were not aware of, yeah, the rebranding of Dodger Fest, which I find it very interesting what this rebranding is going to be. And if they do start charging for tickets, here we go. I mean, you guys are already complaining about the micheladas and all that stuff. But, but hey, like Roy Estrada says, we'll just do it on deferments. Can I defer my permits? Affirm is going to be the title sponsor of Dodger Stadium. Affirm. I love it. Do you all know what Affirm is? Yes. <laughs> Okay. Explain to the listeners. (laughs) There, a firm is kind of like layaway. You know, you uh, every site you go on, whether it's uh, and you can buy so many things with these programs like a firm, and you click a button and they quickly look at your credit. I don't know how they do it, and then you can make payments, but you get your item right away. It's actually better than layaway because layaway they usually save it, but no, you'll get whatever you're trying to purchase. And, and no so, interest if you pay it within oh, like yeah. you, if you set it up for like six months or a year, or whatever. No interest. I've actually used them once or twice, and it it, right it works great. I'm gonna use them for that fifty dollar michelada at the stadium. Dude, you see my for snowboard? those of you on the line, <laughs> uh, I still have a. I think I still have an arcade game at Kmart on layaway. Oh. I, never, I never finished it. Kmart was the Wait, I need to uh, defend Dodger Stadium and not because not the corporate side, but I don't wow. want Tani <laughs> to be blamed for the 
increase in the price of niches because they go up every year, no matter if Otani was here or not. So I just don't want him to be blamed. But the, of course, they're going to be $25 is what I last heard. So get ready. How much you were they last year? I don't remember. 22, I believe. Ah, yeah, that's not bad. That ain't bad. They're going to go up every year. Just get used to it. Whether or not we had Otani. So I don't want to hear him being blamed. That's all. Dodgers are going to make their money. <laughs> I like that there's a comment here from, uh, I think it's Chris Brosaker. Sorry. Uh, Deferral Stadium. <laughs> I've already seen the shirts. You know, it's called Deferred. I mean, look, guys, this is why you guys need to join our live Carnesadas and invite your friends. Because not only do we talk about the Doyers here, we give you credit advice. We let you know where you can put things on layaway. Look, we're a one. Just pretend like we're hanging out at the swap meet. This is what the Santa Fe Springs here. We're going to get a cover band. It, it's going to be great. We're going to offer you advice on how to increase your FICO credit score. It's all here. Yeah, we're, we're all going to do it. The band, the, the most popular cover band there is Soto. Soto. Follow them on Facebook. They're cool peeps. Of course you know that. <laughs> Those are my people. <laughs> <laughs> so as we wrap up the show here, guys, if you guys want to put in your comments in be, uh, but like Babyface just said, it is, um, it's right around the corner, guys. I mean, we're getting now to the middle of January, spring training, uh, pitchers and catchers are, I think, report in five weeks, right, guys? Yeah, it's uh, the four, what pitchers and catchers report February fourteenth. I don't think they announced the official dates. At least I haven't seen anything. Um, but it is around relatively the same time. Well, well the like spring training kind of... schedule came out. So. I saw some did, did report I... dates for some teams, and they're going the 14th. Yeah. I would imagine the Dodgers might be a couple days before that because they're going to Korea. Oh, that's so, right. I forget about the Korea. Thing. So maybe like around 11, 12. These well, players are already training at the stadium. <laughs> and so they're already ready for the season. So I make that what you want. Maybe they're excited. They got Otani on the team. So they're looking to get ready early. Um, but yeah, it's definitely right around the corner. And, and I know uh, the first Dodgers home game at Camelback is February 23rd. And I know somebody in the chat had put on asking when we would be at spring training. Um, so I went to spring training last year. I know, Babyface, you're going to try to go to spring training this year. Um, I don't think we've had the dates. It's a little tough for Canelo because maybe we could send you to the Grapefruit League, uh, Canelo. <laughs> what, what do you think? Oh, yeah? You want me to cover some of the, the minor <laughs> leaguers? Should just I go, go down there and ask them questions about the should pearls. I go see Pepeo just in Tampa? Yeah. Go to Tampa see. and ask him about Otani. Hey, DeLuca. Explain. What are you guys doing? Now, explain to our new uh, followers and watchers why, Canelo, it might be difficult. Like why it's difficult because I'm on the East Coast. Yeah, it's extremely difficult to <laughs> on the West Coast. Um, I'm either taking a couple hour flight from Philly all the way to LA. Um, yeah, it's a it's a hike. So, um, but yeah, definitely, I do want to go to Arizona eventually, um, and I'm looking to go back to LA in the next year. So. I want to bounce something off you guys that the boatman mentioned the last time he was here, and you guys weren't on the show, but he mentioned. So I don't know who's going. No, is Syndergaard is the greatest pitcher ever. That oh and yeah, God. he did mention that. Um, since the, the Dodgers opening series is in Korea, and those games are going to start at three in the morning, if for whatever I don't know if who wants to go to Korea, who's not going to Korea. But if they do not, go, if if we're here, whoever stays home, to do a live at three in the morning, watching the game with whoever wants to join us. 
That's I mean, going to be Canelo. Work, yeah, for Canelo, that's a 6 o'clock in the morning. He'll probably have to do it from the gym. Right? Yeah, the gym, yeah. <laughs> He'll show up in like a wife beater all sweaty. Yeah, like, so it's not it's not too bad watching for me, but like getting up at 3, yeah, that's a, it's a little iffy. But I mean, people are going to watch it. People are going to watch it. I've so done it for soccer. I've done it. it it's fun. Yeah, I've well, done it for World Cup. I've done well, it What I was thinking is I want to use it with that that one app that we were discussing, right, where you can actually watch the game. And we're in the chat. Remember that we've discussed about doing so, maybe something like that. Well, I want to end the show with uh, Alleluia has a really good question here, and that is what's a question you guys would ask Otani at FanFest? Uh, Canelo, uh, since you, uh, you're an early bird, what would you ask Otani if you got a chance to talk to him at FanFest? Ah, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to ask Otani everything because he's just so secluded where right. you never really think about what to ask. I want, I'm actually very curious to see how open he is at FanFest. Like they may say he's he's going to be there, but how much? How many questions is he really going to be answering? Um, I don't know. I'd probably ask him the basic thing, you know, favorite Dodger, favorite Dodger growing up or something like that, if he was a fan growing up. Because uh, I don't really think he talked much during his – press conference answering questions we talked about it before we were we said yamamoto kind of was more of the talkative one talking to the media otani was more uh laid back didn't really answer much so yeah you, yamamoto surprised everybody with his uh what's happening uh at the beginning <laughs> of uh i mean he welcomed himself to la right there uh princesa what would you ask otani if you saw him at fan fest you know that's a good one i had not thought about it because being the dog lover I am, he's already answered my question. We know what the name of his dog is, so I'm, I'm content. I know, woof. Um, maybe I should go full Juan Ramirez style and be like, flower or corn? You know? Let's <laughs> <laughs> everybody regionally across Mexico. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to ask the, 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 the tough journalistic questions. Right, I get right. it. Alonzo, what are you asking Shohei? Man, I... Like Cody, I'm thinking, I don't want to ask him something generic. So, I, oh, man, I would ask him if he's a Hogan guy or a Flair guy. And when <laughs> oh, he's yes. super perplexed, I'd be like, all right, I know you know what New Japan Pro Wrestling is, bro. So let's, don't, let's <laughs> cut the shit. I like Just it. Cut the shit. That is good. That, that That's good. Uh, I like Roy Estrada's. Otani, can I get a Porsche? I know. Uh, damn, Roy, Porsche. we need to hire you as a writer on I this know, show. Roy. <laughs> Roy I need an all-wheel drive one, though, because it snows where I live. So please, please. <laughs> Babyface, what are you asking Otani? Weren't we discussing this before, kind of what we would ask him? Back to the, the, the taco thing, like uh, asada or like boil or something or barbacoa or whatever. Like, what's what's his go-to taco, right? Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like Otani understands the assignment. He understands he's not in Dodgers to the south. Like he knows he's now in Los Angeles. I feel like the small but very significant things he's done since signing with the Dodgers show that the Porsche um, being, you know, I, I just think I think he's going to be more open. I really see that coming. It's Hollywood. This is showtime. He, he I feel like he's going to be more open. I'm not as much as Yamamoto, which I'm excited for as well. But you guys don't think that he's going to embrace being it's just different. It's just different. He he almost had to be like Trout down there. He doesn't have to anymore. I think he's going to defer a lot of questions. 
No, I, I, but I think that uh, Alicia is going in the right direction because I think that's what my question would be is I feel he's already noticeably different yeah. as a Dodger and he hasn't even played a, a game a, a, as a Dodger. Like I would ask him, look, were there any murals of you in Anaheim? Like you, like this kind of attention, it's not baseball related in a sense you know, but it is like the number of people that, you know, look at you now and you've you've changed everything. And that has to add a little bit of pressure to you, doesn't it? To be like, hey, man, like people you're saving this little small market Dodgers team <laughs> who hasn't won a World Series since 2020. You know, that's got to be a lot of weight on your shows. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, uh, I, the only real, the real like person to person question I have for him is, what's the part of the fame that you hate? Because yeah. like that's the thing with, with like I don't, like I don't think people realize the shit that comes with being like I'm not famous. I don't, but I work <laughs> in that world, and like you see it like grind on some of those people. So I'm always curious, like with guys like him, I, I know how he would answer that. He would I, look at me and he would pull a full Stephen A. Smith and say, "Listen, you fat." bitch i'm tired of you uh you know coming in here with questions about tacos and all that stuff that's how he would answer that. Juan, that, the worst part of me playing here is having to look at you so, so Juan, before we, before we end uh, since he brought up the the mural um what i was texting you guys earlier so if anybody in the chat or or you know somebody that owns a business and would want to get an Otani mural done on the side of their business on a wall or whatever, right? In that business, uh, contact us, send us uh, a DM. Like easiest way is probably in uh, Instagram message. One of us, if you know a business, own a business or know somebody that has a business that would do an Otani wall. I got hit up by an artist that's coming over uh, at the end of the month. So it would be January 28th. He wants to do a mural um, and you can look him up. Um, he, he's on Instagram. He, he's TNT Graffiti. Um, he does this. I mean, you'll see all his work on there. Um, so he wants, he's coming down on the 28th and he wants to do a mural in LA, you know, surrounding parts of LA. So if you know, like I said, a business, you own a business, hit us up and we'll put you in contact and he can go out there and do his, do his thing. In Southern California, because we are LA, like, <laughs> Yeah, we've already seen them in Montebello. Like they're popping up. So, Pacoima, hello. Yeah, uh, not Anaheim, Juan. Sorry. <laughs> you, sorry. Right next to Disneyland. Boom. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Off of that's Bristol right. and Aveta, right there. Just right there. That's right. Uh, so we want to thank everybody for joining us on the live. Look, we love doing this. We, we, I love seeing the same names. So I really appreciate the sangrones who come back and, and look forward to this. And then you guys, the new guys that are coming in here, the new people that are coming in. If you don't know what a sangron is, go ahead and ask the rest of these guys, because <laughs> we, we love these guys. They come in, they know baseball, they ask good questions and we really appreciate your guys' support. We know that there's a lot of Dodger podcasts out there. And I, I know a lot of this may be redundant and everybody is talking about the same topics. But this is a carnesada, man. This is about just hanging out, giving your opinions, and most importantly, back it up. You know, we may not agree, but if you have a, a logical explanation for why you feel the way you feel, I mean, that's great. So... 
if you haven't already, make sure if you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can go back and watch all our other episodes. You can find out why I am the Prince of Darkness, why people hate me so much. Um, but you can also follow us on X. And like I said, if you see us at FanFest, get your FanFest tickets. Make sure, don't be shy. Come up and say hi. And if you guys catch a rare sighting of La Princesa in public going full Darth Alicia, please <laughs> record that. Please record that. We want to have that. Um, I know. Okay. Well, I'm ending it with this because I know a lot of people keep bringing up Kike. Canelo, I'll give you the last word. I feel like we, we're a broken record on this. Kike, yes or no? Well, actually, David Vasse on his uh, show today kind of alluded to that there is no pretty chance of a reunion even happening, which I think we kind of all thought or assumed was going to happen, um, especially now that they got a right-handed bat that can hit, like mash left-handed hit, uh, pitching. Um, I really don't see a spot for him on the roster, unfortunately, even with his versatility, because now Chris Taylor is going to be, I don't think Chris Taylor is going to be in that starting role that he's been in the past two years. I think he's going to go back to how it was in 2017, 2018, where he's pretty much moving everywhere on the diamond. And it it seemed like he either felt more comfortable that way. um, And his numbers were better in those years. So um, yeah, so it sucks. You know, it was good to have Kiki back for the second half of last year. Um, the vibes were awesome with him in the dugout, but um, we've already mentioned that he's probably going to get a starting gig somewhere, um, somewhere else right now. And that's probably what he's been looking at all season. Okay. So on the way out, Eugenio Pasillas, when can we make on this other get togethers? Hopefully we can do live events and we would love to have you guys out there and uh, showing everybody what this bleed Los podcast carne asada thing is about. Christopher Delgadillo, I want more Bleed Lose merch. I know for those of you who want Bleed Lose shirt, like the hat that La Princesa is wearing, make sure you guys go to the Bleed Lose website and get all the merch there. Uh, Last reminder, if you guys can vote more than once for Best Baseball Podcast in America, make sure you vote for the Bleed Lose Podcast. Yo ha sido su servidor, Juan Ramirez, de parte de mis colegas, La Princesa de Picolandia, Alonso. Canelo and Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Lost Podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Nos vemos. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.